The following is a Relevant Radio program and is protected under U.S. copyright laws. This program is made possible through the contributions of listeners like you. Support Relevant Radio by clicking on the Donate icon at www.relevantradio.com. Neil Diamond sang about the hot August nights. I think a lot of you have experienced some hot July nights. Hope you're doing well. Look in on your neighbors. Good morning, I'm Paul Sadek. It's Daybreak on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app for Friday, July 2nd, 2021. Friday of the 13th week in Ordinary Time. In the Missal, it's liturgical year B, cycle 1. And Friday is a day to pray the sorrowful mysteries of the Rosary. Our saint today is St. Otto of Bamberg, born in 1060 in Swabia to a noble family. He served Emperor Henry IV in various posts, including that of Chancellor. However, Otto was not in favor of Henry's policies toward the Holy See. So when Otto was appointed Bishop of Bamberg in 1103, he refused to be consecrated until receiving approval from Pope Paschal II. Otto was a figure in the reconciliation of the Pope and Emperor Henry V. Otto headed a missionary effort to Pomerania, and he is known as the Apostle of Pomerania. St. Otto of Bamberg died in Bamberg on June 30, 1139. St. Otto, pray for us. Let's offer this day to the Lord. Lord Jesus Christ, in union with that divine intention with which you offered to God your praises on earth through your most sacred heart, and now offer them in the sacrament of the Eucharist everywhere, even to the end of time, I most gladly offer you throughout this entire day all my thoughts and intentions, all my affections and desires, all my words and deeds in imitation of the most holy heart of the Blessed Virgin Mary Immaculate. Amen. And along with Pope Francis, we pray that in social, economic, and political situations of conflict, we may be courageous and passionate architects of dialogue and friendship. Ten Minutes with Jesus is a guided meditation on the gospel of the day prepared by a Catholic priest. Here's today's Ten Minutes with Jesus. My Lord and my God, I firmly believe that you are here, that you see me, that you hear me. I adore you with profound reverence. I ask your pardon for my sins and the grace to make this time of prayer fruitful. My Immaculate Mother, Saint Joseph, my Father and Lord, my Guardian Angel, intercede for me. Sometimes we have to break out of a kind of spell that can be set over us. Perhaps you've seen or you've read the book, The Lord of the Rings, made into the famous movie. There is a character uh, in the book, specifically, I think, in the second book, named King Theoden. He is the king of Rohan, a kingdom of, of horsemen. And Theoden, unfortunately, falls under the spell of a man named Wormtongue. Wormtongue, who, with his words and his deception basically convinces Theoden to do nothing, to become totally passive and inactive, and to let his kingdom 
fall into disrepair, to fall into neglect. And the image is very striking. You see Theoden there sitting on his throne, and he almost looks like he's dead. You know, he looks very tired, wrinkled, his all disheveled. And next to him is Wormtongue, this ugly little creature who's constantly whispering pessimistic news into the ears of Theoden, making him more depressed and falling more into despair, more into a kind of stupor. And so Gandalf, the great, one of the great heroes of the book, comes at some point and sees that Theoden is under this spell. And so he, he yells at Theoden to get up. And in fact, he, he breaks the spell. He uses his power to kind of rip apart this cocoon in which Theoden has wrapped himself. And before our eyes, we, we see Theoden return to his youth, to his strength, and Wormtongue is banished from the kingdom. Theoden gets up. But he gets up and he breaks out of his stupor. That image of King Theoden under a spell is similar to a story that I heard about a father of a family, a father with several children, a loving wife, who had fallen into this deep laziness. This dad would just hang out on the couch watching TV every night neglecting his kids, neglecting his wife. And, you know, this went on for a while. And the dad got fatter. The dad got more selfish. He even lost some of his charm with his own wife. He kind of was in a sorry state. And he, he began to realize, you know, this is not the man I'm meant to be. And so finally, they kind of hit a climax when he's there another night, sitting before the television, watching sports. And his wife from the kitchen is there, you know, trying to deal with all the kids, putting the kids to bed. And so she gently makes a plea to him, honey, help me out. And this is like a special grace from God because it reaches right into the heart of this, this husband. And he, he realizes he, he needs to change. So in that moment, when, when he hears her say, honey, help me out, he jumps up from the couch, grabs the TV, and throws it out the window. Right? He literally destroys the worm tongue, right? that, that person or, or that instrument that is keeping him down, right? the television. He throws the television away. He gets up and he changes. In today's gospel, we see the vocation of St. Matthew. We see that moment in which Levi, the tax collector, whose life is very comfortable, who lives and works uh, in the treasury, surrounded by money, surrounded by comfort, surrounded by power, his life is invaded by the presence of Jesus Christ. After this, Jesus went out and saw a tax collector named Levi sitting at the tax booth. And Jesus said to him, follow me. And Matthew got up, left everything, and followed him. Now this is a very simple narrative. Matthew is telling this himself from his own memories, and he couldn't explain it in a, in a simpler way. But we have to imagine that 
Matthew must have received a special grace, but that he also would have struggled in some sense to say yes, to, to get up and follow the master. This was a life-changing decision. And just as Theoden gets up from his throne in this violent release, as it were, of his captivity, just as that husband gets up off the couch and throws the TV out the window, so we see Matthew get up from that table of coins, tax receipts. He put, we can imagine him pushing the table away, walking away from all of that, and joining Jesus Christ, giving his life over to our Lord. Perhaps you've seen that beautiful painting by Caravaggio, The Calling of Matthew. It's a painting that is in Rome, in the church of San Luigi Franceschi, very close to Piazza Navona, to the Pantheon. I highly recommend uh, visiting that church now that we can travel again. San Luigi Franceschi has this painting of the Calling of Matthew, and it's a stunning painting. This is from one author describing the scene. Caravaggio's masterpiece captures the birth of a, voca of a vocation and an encounter between God and man. It reveals a dramatic moment in which two persons meet and two separate worlds converge. Matthew, absorbed in his world of money and friends, is caught off guard. A ray of light illuminates the features of his surprised face. He points toward himself, as if to inquire if he is really the one being addressed by Christ, like saying, who me? The men in the left of the painting are a reminder of Matthew's past and of his possible future. They are hunched over their coins, completely oblivious to Christ. There's three tax collectors there counting their money, obsessed with their wealth. Their opportunity for a new, more meaningful life fades away as they continue counting their silver. If Matthew does not respond to Christ, he will remain a sad miser like them. On the right of the painting, Jesus and Peter stand in stark contrast to Matthew and his companions. Their bare feet and their simple clothing clash with the flamboyant colors of the tax collector's fashionable 17th century attire, like the $1,000 business suits of today. Peter's walking staff indicates their itinerant status. They are always on the move with no place to lay their heads. If Matthew follows Christ, it will not be easy. He will have to leave behind his luxurious lifestyle, his stable income, and even the benefit of proper footwear if he's going to be counted among the followers of this poor yet captivating man. Matthew is presented with a choice in, a, in much the same way that Theoden is presented with a choice, that that young husband is presented with a choice. Does he remain in his comfortable life? Does he remain in the cocoon of his own pleasure? Or does he break out? Does he release his life from that captivity to the freedom of Jesus Christ, to the adventure of our Lord. This is what vocation is all about. We too need to wake up. We need to push that table away, stand up, and walk towards Jesus.
We need to get up and get after it. Our life is an adventure, and we need to be attentive to those moments in which we can fall into a spell, in which we can become too self-absorbed, in which we lose sight of our vocation. Jesus is inviting each one of us, by nature of our baptism, to correspond fully to his call. How are we doing this? How can we do this better? We can ask Our Lady, who also responded fully to the call when the angel Gabriel appeared to her, that she give us the same readiness to respond wholeheartedly to our vocation. She got up right away as soon as the angel explained to her her mission. She gets up and she rushes out to see her cousin Elizabeth to bring her the good news. We too want to have this same readiness to get up and get after it. I thank you, my God, for the good resolutions, affections, and inspirations that you have communicated to me in this meditation. I ask your help in putting them into effect. My Immaculate Mother, Saint Joseph, my Father and Lord, my Guardian Angel, intercede for me. 16 past the hour, you'll find more of 10 Minutes with Jesus at RelevantRadio.com and on the Relevant Radio app. We'll begin the liturgical day next. This is Daybreak on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. It's Friday, July 2nd, 2021, Friday of the 13th week in Ordinary Time. I'm Paul Sadek. This is Daybreak on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. Time to pray. We join the whole church. We're led by our friends at DivineOffice.org in the Invitatory Psalm and the Office of Readings. Lord, open my lips. And and my my mouth mouth will proclaim your praise. Come, let us give thanks to the Lord, for God's great love is without end. Come, let us sing to the Lord, and shout with joy to the rock who saves us. Let us approach him with praise and thanksgiving, and sing joyful songs to the Lord. The Lord is God, the mighty God. The great King over all the gods. He holds in his hands the depths of the earth and the highest mountains as well. He made the sea, it belongs to him. The dry land too, for it was formed by his hands. Come then, let us bow down and worship. Bending the knee before the Lord our Maker, for He is our God and we are His people, the flock He shepherds. Today listen to the voice of the Lord. Do not grow stubborn as your fathers did in the wilderness. When at Meribah and Massah they challenged me and provoked me, although they had seen all of my works. Forty years I endured that generation. I said, they are a people whose hearts go astray, and they do not know my ways. So I swore in my anger, They shall not enter into my rest. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, 
as it was in the beginning, is now and will be forever. Amen. Come, let us give thanks to the Lord, for God's great love is without end. Rise up, Lord, and come to my aid. Rise up, Lord, and come to my aid. O Lord, plead my cause against my foes. Fight those who fight me. Take up your buckler and shield. Arise to help me. O Lord, say to my soul, I am your salvation. But my soul shall be joyful in the Lord and rejoice in his salvation. My whole being will say, Lord, who is like you, who rescue the weak from the strong, and the poor from the oppressor. Lying witnesses arise and accuse me unjustly. They repay me evil for good. My soul is forlorn. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as As it was was in the beginning, beginning, is now, and and will be forever. forever. Amen. Rise up, Lord, and come to my aid. All-powerful Lord, stand by me and defend me. All-powerful Lord, stand by me and defend me. When they were sick, I went into mourning, afflicted with fasting. My prayer was ever on my lips, as for a brother, a friend. I went as though mourning a mother, bowed down with grief. Now that I am in trouble, they gather. They gather and mock me. They take me by surprise and strike me and tear me to pieces. They provoke me with mockery on mockery and gnash their teeth. Glory to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit, as As it was was in the beginning, beginning, is now, and and will be forever. forever. Amen. All-powerful Lord, Stand by me and defend me. My tongue will speak of your goodness all the day long. My tongue will speak of your goodness all the day long. O Lord, how long will you look on? Come to my rescue. Save my life from these raging beasts, my soul from these lions. I will thank you in the great assembly. Amid the throng I will praise you. Do not let my lying foes rejoice over me. Do not let those who hate me unjustly wink eyes at each other. O Lord, you have seen. Do not be silent. Do not stand afar off. Awake, stir to my defense, to my cause, O God. Let there be joy for those who love my cause. Let them say without end, Great is the Lord who delights in the peace of his servant. Then my tongue shall speak of your justice all day long of your praise. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as As it was was in the beginning, beginning, is now, and and will be forever. forever. Amen. Lord, you rescue the poor from their oppressors. 
and you rose to the aid of your beloved Son against those who unjustly sought his life. Look on your church as we journey to you, that the poor and weak may recognize the help you provide and proclaim your saving act. My tongue will speak of your goodness all the day long. My son, take my words to heart. Do as I say, and you will live. From the second book of Samuel. When King David was settled in his palace, and the Lord had given him rest from his enemies on every side, he said to Nathan the prophet, Here I am, living in a house of cedar, while the ark of God dwells in a tent. Nathan answered the king, Go do whatever you have in mind, for the Lord is with you. But that night the Lord spoke to Nathan and said, Go tell my servant David, Thus says the Lord, Should you build me a house to dwell in? I have not dwelt in a house from the day on which I led the Israelites out of Egypt to the present, but I have been going about in a tent under cloth. In all my wanderings everywhere among the Israelites, did I ever utter a word to any one of the judges whom I charged to tend my people Israel to ask, Why have you not built me a house of cedar? Now then speak thus to my servant David. The Lord of hosts has this to say. It was I who took you from the pasture and from the care of the flock to be commander of my people. I have been with you wherever you went, and I have destroyed all your enemies before you, and I will make you famous like the great ones of the earth. I will fix a place for my people, Israel. I will plant them so that they may dwell in their place without further disturbance. Neither shall the wicked continue to afflict them as they did of old, since the time I first appointed judges over my people Israel. I will give you rest from your enemies. The Lord also reveals to you that he will establish a house for you. And when your time comes and you rest with your ancestors, I will raise up your heir after you, sprung from your loins, and I will make his kingdom firm. It is he who shall build a house for my name, and I will make his royal throne firm forever. I will be a father to him, and he shall be a son to me. And if he does wrong, I will correct him with the rod of men and with human chastisements, but I will not withdraw my favor from him as I withdrew it from your predecessor Saul, whom I removed from my presence. Your house and your kingdom shall endure forever before me. Your throne shall stand firm forever. Nathan reported all these words and this entire vision to David. Then King David went in and sat before the Lord and said, Who am I, Lord God? 
And who are the members of my house that you have brought me to this point? Yet even this you see as too little, Lord God. You have also spoken of the house of your servant for a long time to come. This too you have shown to man, Lord God. What more can David say to you? You know your servant, Lord God. For your servant's sake, and as you have had at your heart, you have brought about this entire magnificent disclosure to your servant. And so, great are you, Lord God. There is none like you, and there is no God but you, just as we have heard it told. What other nation on earth is there like your people Israel, which God has led, redeeming it as his people, so that you have made yourself renowned by doing this magnificent deed and doing awe-inspiring things, as you have cleared nations and their gods out of the way of your people, which you redeemed for yourself from Egypt." You have established for yourself your people Israel as yours forever, and you, Lord, have become their God. And now, Lord God, confirm for all time the prophecy you have made concerning your servant and his house, and do as you have promised. The Word of the Lord. The angel Gabriel spoke to Mary and said, you will conceive and bear a son, and the Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor David. He will, he will rule, rule over the house of Jacob, Jacob forever. forever. The Lord swore an oath to David, from which he will not withdraw. I will set your own son upon your throne. He will, he will rule, rule over the house of Jacob forever. A reading from a book on the predestination of the saints. By St. Augustine, Bishop The greatest glory of predestination and grace is the Savior himself, the mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus. What, I ask you, did this human nature do in the way of good works or of faith to merit beforehand this glory? Give me an answer to this question. How did his humanity merit to be taken up by the Word, co-eternal with the Father, into unity with his person, and so be the only begotten Son of God. What goodness, of whatever kind, did he possess beforehand? What had he done? What faith had he shown? What request had he made, that he should attain to that point of preeminence, beyond all human power of description? Was it not through the action of the Word in taking this humanity to himself, that from the moment when he came into existence, this human being came into existence as the only Son of God? We must keep before our eyes the very source of grace, taking its origin in Christ, our head, and flowing through all his members according to the capacity of each. The grace which makes any man a Christian from the first moment of his coming to believe is the same grace which made this man the Christ from his coming to be as man. The Spirit, through whom men are reborn, is the same Spirit through whom Christ was born. The Spirit by whom we receive forgiveness of sins is the same Spirit who brought it about that Christ knew no sin. Clearly God knew that he would do all this. The predestination of the saints 
is the same predestination that reached its greatest glory in the saint above all other saints. Who can deny this among those who understand correctly the utterances of truth? For we have been taught that inasmuch as the Son of God became man, the Lord of glory himself was the object of predestination. Jesus, then, was predestined. He who was to be the Son of David in his human nature was to be the Son of God in power through the action of the Spirit of holiness. For he was born of the Holy Spirit and of the Virgin Mary. This unique taking to himself of a human nature by God the Word came about in such a way, too mysterious for our understanding, that with truth and accuracy, the Word could be called at one and the same time the Son of God and the Son of Man. Son of Man because of the human nature that was taken, and Son of God because it was the only begotten God who took that human nature. We are not to believe in God as a quaternity, but as a trinity. Human nature was in this case predestined to so marvelous, so sublime, so perfect a dignity that it could not be raised higher, just as the divine nature itself could not demean itself any lower than by taking human nature with all its weakness, even to dying on a cross. Just as one Christ was predestined to be our head, so we the many were predestined to be his members. Let there be no mention here of human merits. They were lost through Adam. Let God's grace reign supreme, as it does through Jesus Christ our Lord, the only Son of God, the one Lord. If anyone can find in Christ our head any merits preceding his unique birth, he may look also for merits in ourselves, preceding our rebirth as his many members. When at last the appointed time had come, God sent his Son into the world, born of a virgin, subject to the law. To redeem, to redeem those who were subject to the law. Because of his great love for us, God sent his Son in the likeness of our sinful human nature. To, to redeem those who were subject to the law. Let us pray. O God, who through the grace of adoption chose us to be children of light, grant, we pray, that we may not be wrapped in the darkness of error, but always be seen to stand in the bright light of truth. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God forever and ever. Amen. Twenty-three minutes before the hour, today's gospel is coming right up. This is Daybreak on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. Welcome back to Daybreak on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. It's Friday, July 2nd, 2021, Friday of the 13th week in Ordinary Time. I'm Paul Sadek. In today's Gospel from Truth and Life, the dramatized audio Bible, it's the call of Matthew. From the ninth chapter of the Gospel of Matthew. As Jesus passed on from there, he saw a man called Matthew sitting at the tax office. Follow me. And Matthew rose and followed him. 
as Jesus sat at table in the house, behold, many tax collectors and sinners came and sat down with him and his disciples. And when the Pharisees saw this, they said to his disciples, Why does your teacher eat with tax collectors and sinners? But when Jesus heard it, he said, Those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick. Go and learn what this means. I desire mercy and not sacrifice. For I came not to call the righteous, but sinners. This selection from Truth and Life, the dramatized audio Bible courtesy of Falcon Picture Group, you'll find all of the daily Mass readings on the relevant radio app. Well, the interaction between Jesus and the Pharisees in today's Gospel is really quite instructive. Today's reading from In Conversation with God by Father Francisco Fernandez Carvajal is from Volume 4, Ordinary Time. In the Gospel of today's Mass, St. Matthew tells us that after he had responded to Jesus' call, he prepared a meal for him in his own house. All the other disciples and many tax collectors and sinners who were perhaps lifelong friends of his came to the meal. When the Pharisees saw this, they said, Why does your teacher eat with tax collectors and sinners? Jesus heard what they were saying, and he himself answered them. He told them that it is not those who are well who need a physician, but those who are sick. Then he makes his own some words of the prophet Hosea. I desire steadfast love and not sacrifice. Our Lord does not refuse to accept the sacrifices offered to him. He insists, however, that such sacrifices must be accompanied by the love that has its origin in a heart that is good. For it is charity that has to give life to all of a Christian's actions, and particularly to his worship of God. Those Pharisees who faithfully fulfilled the law did not accompany their sacrifices with the sweet fragrance of charity toward their neighbor or with love of God. Elsewhere, our Lord was to say in the words of the prophet Isaiah, These people honor me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. During that meal in Matthew's house, it becomes obvious from their questions that they do not in the least understand the other guests and that they make no effort to bring them any closer to God or to the law which they themselves keep so faithfully. Theirs is a narrow outlook, and there is a lack of love in their way of judging. To use different words, Yahweh had already said to the chosen people who set too much store upon certain external formalities, I prefer virtue to austerity. That is why we must cultivate penance and mortification as a proof of our true love for God and for our neighbor. Our love for God is expressed in our acts of worship, but it is also shown in each of our actions throughout the day, particularly in the small mortifications that should inform everything we do and that carry up to the Lord our desire to forget ourselves and please Him in everything. If deep down we do not have this disposition, the mere fact of repeating certain acts will be valueless because they will be bereft of any real meaning. The little sacrifices we try to offer to the Lord each day have their origin in love and in their turn nourish this love. The spirit of mortification that God wants is not something negative or inhuman. 
it is not an attitude of rejecting what is good and noble in using and enjoying the good things of the earth. It is rather a manifestation of supernatural mastery over the body and over all created things, over material things, human relationships, work, mortification, whether it is voluntary mortification or whether it is that other type of mortification that comes without our seeking it, is not simply privation. Rather, is it a manifestation of love. For to suffer need is something that can happen to anybody, but knowing how to endure it belongs to great souls. It belongs to souls who have loved much. Mortification is not simply moderation. It is not just a matter of keeping our senses under control and of avoiding the disequilibrium that follows upon disorder and excess. Rather, it is true self-denial. It makes room in our souls for supernatural life, which is a foretaste of the glory that is to be revealed to us. In Conversation with God by Francis Fernandez is published by Scepter Publishers, and you'll find it at your local Catholic bookstore. Let's continue praying. We join the whole church as we're led by our friends at DivineOffice.org in morning prayer. God, come to my assistance. Lord, make haste to help me. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit. As it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Alleluia. Lord, you will accept the true sacrifice offered on your altar. Lord, you will accept the true sacrifice offered on your altar. Have mercy on me, God, in your kindness. In your compassion, blot out my offense. O oh, wash me more and more from my guilt, and cleanse me from my sin. My offenses, truly, I know them. My sin is always before me. Against you, you alone have I sinned. What is evil in your sight, I have done that you may be justified when you give sentence and be without reproach when you judge. O see, in guilt I was born, a sinner was I conceived. Indeed, you love truth in the heart, then in the secret of my heart teach me wisdom. O purify me, then I shall be clean. O wash me, I shall be whiter than snow. Make me hear rejoicing and gladness, that the bones you have crushed may revive. From my sins turn away your face, and blot out all my guilt. A pure heart create for me, O God. Put a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me away from your presence, nor deprive me of your Holy Spirit. Give me again the joy of your help. With a spirit of fervor sustain me, that I may teach transgressors your ways, and sinners may return to you. O rescue me, God, my helper, and my tongue shall ring out your goodness. O Lord, open my lips, and my mouth shall declare your praise. For in sacrifice you take no delight, 
burnt offering from me you would refuse. My sacrifice, a contrite spirit, a humbled, contrite heart, you will not spurn. In your goodness show favor to Zion, rebuild the walls of Jerusalem. Then you will be pleased with lawful sacrifice, holocaust offered on your altar. Glory to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit, as as it was was in the beginning, beginning, is is now, now, and and will will be forever. forever. Amen. Let us pray. Father, he who knew no sin was made sin for us, to save us and restore us to your friendship. Look upon our contrite heart and afflicted spirit and heal our troubled conscience so that in joy and strength of the Holy Spirit we may proclaim your praise and glory before all the nations. Lord, Lord, you will will accept accept the the true sacrifice offered on your altar. All the descendants of Israel will glory in the Lord's gift of victory. All the descendants of Israel will glory in the Lord's gift of victory. Truly with you God is hidden, the God of Israel, the Savior. Those are put to shame and disgrace who vent their anger against him. Those go in disgrace who carve images. Israel, you are saved by the Lord, saved forever. You shall never be put to shame or disgrace in future ages. For thus says the Lord, the creator of the heavens, who is God, the designer and maker of the earth, who established it, not creating it to be a waste, but designing it to be lived in. I am the Lord, and there is no other. I have not spoken from hiding, nor from some dark place of the earth, and I have not said to the descendants of Jacob, Look for me in an empty waste. I, the Lord, promise justice, I foretell what is right. Come and assemble, gather together, you fugitives among the Gentiles. They are without knowledge who bear wooden idols and pray to gods that cannot save. Come here and declare in council together, who announced this from the beginning and foretold it from of old. Was it not I, the Lord, besides whom there is no other God? There is no just and saving God but me. Turn to me and be safe, all you ends of the earth, for I am God, there is no other. By myself I swear, uttering my just decree and my unalterable word. To me every knee shall bend, by me every tongue shall swear, saying, Only in the Lord are just deeds and power. Before him in shame shall come all who vent their anger against him. In the Lord shall be the vindication and the glory of all the descendants of Israel. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was was in the the beginning, beginning, is now, now, and and will will be be forever. forever. Amen. Amen. All the descendants of Israel will glory in the Lord's gift of victory. Let us go into God's presence singing for joy. 
Let us go into God's presence singing for joy. Cry out with joy to the Lord, all the earth. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before Him singing for joy. Know that He, the Lord, is God. He made us. We belong to Him. We are His people, the sheep of His flock. Go within His gates giving thanks. Enter His courts with songs of praise. Give thanks to Him and bless His name. Indeed, how good is the Lord, eternal His merciful love. He is faithful from age to age. Glory to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit, as as it was was in the beginning, beginning, is now, now, and and will will be be forever. forever. Amen. Amen. With joy and gladness we cry out to you, Lord, and ask you, open our hearts to sing your praises and announce your goodness and truth. Let us, Let us go, go into God's, God's presence, singing, singing for joy. A reading from the letter to the Ephesians. Never let evil talk pass your lips. Say only the good things men need to hear, things that will really help them. Do nothing that will sadden the Holy Spirit with whom you were sealed against the day of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness, all passion and anger, harsh words, slander, and malice of every kind. In place of these, be kind to one another, compassionate, and mutually forgiving, just as God has forgiven you in Christ. The Word of the Lord. Thanks Thanks be be to God. God. At daybreak, be merciful to me. At daybreak, be merciful to me. Make known to me the path that I must walk. Be Be merciful to me. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit. At daybreak, be merciful to me. The Lord has come to his people and set them free. Blessed be the Lord, the God of Israel. He He has come come to his people and set them free. He has raised up for us a mighty Savior, born of the house of his servant David. Through his holy prophets he promised of old that he would save us from our enemies, from the hands of all who hate us. He promised to show mercy to our fathers and to remember his holy covenant. This was the oath he swore to our father Abraham, to set us free from the hands of our enemies, free to worship him without fear, holy and righteous in his sight all the days of our life. You, my child, shall be called the prophet of the Most High, for you will go before the Lord to prepare his way to give his people knowledge of salvation by the forgiveness of their sins. In the tender compassion of our God, the dawn from on high shall break upon us to shine on those who dwell in darkness and the shadow of death and to guide our feet into into the the way of peace. 
Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. The Lord has come to his people and set them free. Through his cross, the Lord Jesus brought salvation to the human race. We adore him, and in faith we call out to him, Lord, pour out your mercy upon us. Lord, pour out your mercy upon us. Christ, rising sun, warm us with your rays. And restrain us from every evil impulse. Lord, pour out your mercy upon us. Keep guard over our thoughts, words, and actions. And make us pleasing in your sight this day. Lord, pour out your mercy upon us. Turn your gaze from our sinfulness. And cleanse us from our iniquities. Lord, pour out your mercy upon us. Through your cross and resurrection, fill us with the consolation of the Spirit. Lord, pour out your mercy upon us. Let us make our prayers and praise complete by offering the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. God, our Father, you conquer the darkness of ignorance by the light of your word. Strengthen within our hearts the faith you have given us. Let not temptation ever quench the fire that your love has kindled within us. We ask this through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, God forever and ever. Amen. May the Lord bless us, protect us from all evil, and bring us to everlasting life. Amen. Amen. Hey, it's a big holiday weekend coming up for a lot of you. Keep it safe, sane, and holy. Morning Air is coming right up with John and Glenn in just a few minutes. Patrick Madrid a bit later on. I'm Paul Sadek, and I'll see you tomorrow morning, 4 a.m. Central, or on the app. In the meantime, you go out and make this a great day, and live in the light of the Lord. Audio from the Liturgy of the Hours, courtesy of DivineOffice.org. Readings from In Conversation with God, courtesy of Scepter Publishers. Selections from Truth and Life, the dramatized audio Bible, courtesy of Falcon Picture Group. 10 Minutes with Jesus is used with permission. Daybreak is available on RelevantRadio.com and on the Relevant Radio app. Daybreak is a production of Relevant Radio.